Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. So this is my disclaimer for the episode. I am going to go over nothing but spoilers, uh, but I'm also going to be giving mostly my own thoughts and interpretation on the following topic today, which is going to be Hellblade. Senua's Sacrifice is the video game um, that's available on PSN. I don't know how long it's actually going to be there, considering the company that made the game, Ninja Theory, got bought out by uh, Microsoft. So... It may be a matter of time before it's only an Xbox exclusive, but for now you can get on the PSN, Xbox Live, and of course Steam, which is what I play it on. Um, now, first off, I wanted to get into this though. I was a late, in, I was very late into the game, which is why I'm just now posting a review for Senua's Sacrifice, and. I know a lot of people out there have been like, well, we've been playing this game since it first came out. You know, and a lot of people are just now discovering it. Actually, I only recently saw it was a viable option for a purchase on Steam only a few months ago. So, like, I didn't even know it existed, but it didn't come out as a suggestion or anything like that. Most of the games I play, just to give you an idea of my video game background... Most of the games I'm into are like old school games, like games that kind of have like a retro feel to them. Um, one of the main games that I play and I hold dear to my heart is uh, Mega Man, uh, which is a classic uh, NES game by Capcom for those who don't know. Uh, but Mega Man is probably one of the goofiest but loved game series as ever. Uh, There's so many variations of the series. Everybody has their own favorite. Some people are more privy to the uh, Battle Network. Where others may be more in tune with the Legends series, uh, which there were only two. Um, some might only go for the Mega Man X series, where the rest of us are tried and true to the original. And I'm actually kind of all over the map, really. I've had I've had various versions of that game. I'm even one of the only motherfuckers out there probably still playing Mighty Number no. Nine. One of the few, because <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot. I know there was a lot of people that when they got it, you know, especially when they got it as a Kickstarter reward, they absolutely hated it, and nothing changed uh, from the de development from beginning to end with Kickstarter. Uh, now, I was kind of intrigued by uh, Hellblade, and there were many factors that went into it. One, the art design. And the animations were so realistic that it just kind of threw me back. Especially when they're showing the scene where, like, Senua's uh, all by herself and she's, like, she sees the thing that's, like, following her around, you know. And you're not really sure what this thing is quite yet. And, but it's the one thing that has this kind of dark presence over her. And she, uh, she's basically kind of trying to push it away so she can kind of continue on her, um, her quest 
and it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting hero's quest to say the least um for those who've who uh who jumped into the game immediately you automatically know okay so this is a girl that is very disturbed and Okay, so I want to kind of jump in, before I kind of keep going with the storyline and what I kind of think of the overall, I want to kind of jump into why I got this game. So, I saw the general preview that they had on Steam, and I really liked it, you know, it looked really good, but there was something about it, I wasn't like really sold on it yet, you know, I was like, God, there's something about this game, it just kind of seems stupid to me, I don't know, I just, part of it wasn't really clicking, so... I decided to, you know, go check out YouTube and see what there was, and I found this, like, series of dev videos that uh, Ninja Theory had put out, all kind of outlining the game, and they've been putting those out since this year, and so I saw the first video, and I was just like, what the fuck, you know, I couldn't believe the level of passion and just pure, you know, like... Like, amazing storytelling, amazing everything, you know, like, from art to, uh, you know, from the love of the art design, the love of, like, the, you know, the uniqueness of the character, the fact that the girl is actually, you know, Senua, the main character, is actually, you know, actually suffers from mental illness. So, a lot of what you see in game, you know, especially, like, all the, you know, all the, like, the battle sequences and everything that you, you know, everything she sees out in the world, is all through her psychosis. You know, a lot of it is may or may not actually be there and i always kind of had this like weird thought where while i was watching these videos i was like could you imagine if this game actually just took place in nowadays times and there's this girl running around the beach just stabbing people you know and nobody knows what to do she's like completely freaking out screaming and just running around stabbing people with the kitchen knife and nobody knows what the hell's going on and in her head, she sees all these, like, these, like, really just over-the-top kind of barbarian-looking bad guys. And uh, <laughs> it's just kind of interesting just to think about, man, I wonder I wonder what what could be really going on here, you know? It's like, are, are, is what we're seeing actually happening, you know? And, of course, the storyline uh, takes place, you know, it's, uh, they kind of based it off the, uh, or kind of like the picks. Uh, clan that existed in Norway, I believe, and they kind of just disappeared, you know, and the fact that uh, this c could possibly be, you know, uh, a tale from that, you know, from that lore, you know, from that, from that old story, and, you know, since we don't really have anything to base it on, you know, other than, like, some, you know, archaeological, you know, archaeological finds, and maybe some things written in books, but, you know, what we're really kind of showing here is almost like this unique world that we didn't even know existed. And as she's kind of going through her journey, you know, like certain things are triggering certain emotions and feelings and certain things that will happen, you know, like that you're doing, like kind of force certain things upon her, you know, like whether or not she's getting attacked or whether or not she has to defend herself or whether she's solving this puzzle or whatever she's doing. It kind of gives, like, a basis for everything that you'll see normally in a game 
this could possibly be a reasoning for why you're seeing those things, you know, you know, like all the weird things you'll see in a game, you know, like something highlights, you know, on the screen, <laughs> you know, all the little interactive things that you would normally see in a game, you know, like Assassin's Creed or uh, Tomb Raider or uh, Fortnite or any of these other games. And <laughs> so I, I was immediately drawn to it and I sat there and I watched every single dev video, especially when they got to the point where they had because they explained it multiple times that they didn't really have an actress to play Senua, so they had their video editor, uh, Melina uh, Jurgens, I believe, uh, kind of sub in. You know, it's like, oh, you, you can kind of be our, you know, our test person, you know, and just kind of, you know, just kind of do whatever. And eventually, she just became that person. She ended up becoming that character. And the character model looks exactly like her in the face. It doesn't really look like her physically. And I was also really just kind of tickled to find out in the dev videos that one of the one of the stunt choreographers that does most of the mo-capping for the physical movements is the same woman that doubled um, uh, Daisy Ripley or Ridley or Ripley, yeah, Daisy Ripley in. Um, the Star Wars films, and <laughs> so she was like the sub Ray. So I was kind of, I was kind of taken by that too. I was like, wow, you know, they were able to find that person and be able to kind of do this. And the other thing is too is the fact that here, here Ninja Theory is making um, what's considered like a triple A game. You know, kind of like a, you know, like the big, you know, the big showmanship game. Um, the triple a experience on a very low budget and the way they were doing a lot of stuff reminded me of some of those old like horror movie videos where they're showing how they do these like really complicated special effects with these like cheap ass you know like parlor tricks and a lot of it is just you know ways of reutilizing your technology the what you actually have available to you and just kind of you know jerry-rigging it to you know kind of suit your needs and suit your you know so you can actually do things with it and to me that was actually way more important as and you know as somebody who create who likes to create his own um his own stuff his own content because like i do a lot of home recording for music and i have a lot of really weird abstract ways of capturing guitar sounds vocals and the end product sounds like something that was done in a major recording studio and there's a lot of people a lot of d you know diy people out there who were doing that same thing who were all just kind of expressing themselves on this on you know this in this grandiose way but with a very limit with very limited resources and it i appreciate that kind of quality the fact that you're able to do this like amazing quality game with like this very strict, you know, very small budget that they created themselves. They didn't even have to seek third-party funding. This is just monies they just kind of earned all by themselves, you know, with their other developments. So, you know, kudos to them for actually being able to do that. And I really, now that they have Microsoft money, I want to see what they're going to be able to do in the future. It's going to be pretty interesting, I think. So, in addition to some of the stuff that you know, you, you see right off the top, you know, right at the top in this game, as she's kind of want, you know, you can see her kind of paddling herself on a log, and you see all these, like, corpses and shit everywhere. You don't know if those are actually there. So they, may, they, they may be. Maybe they are. 
maybe that's the leftovers from, you know, maybe those are the people that are left behind from her tribe. You know, maybe those are the people that, those were her people, maybe. You know, or perhaps she's just remembering the onslaught and aftermath of what happened to her village. Because you, you learn later in the game that the village was taken by some kind of, like, dark force or whatever, and... Uh, you don't really know what you know what plays into it, other than the fact that it's later revealed that her father has something to do with it. But you don't really know what it was. You know, it, they just kind of think like he kind of refers to it as kind of like a black plague of evil that takes over this whole or took over our whole land, and and she has this certain kind of darkness inside of her. And that's always one of the fun themes I like, especially when you take into consideration, you know, like, old-time, like, beliefs and religions and everything else, like, you know, that you have from the old world, and you kind of rethink of, you know, think about it from their perspective, think about it, how, how did they live, how did they do what they did, and, you know, you know, how did they, you know, what they believed in and everything that, you know, their civilization, you know, pride themselves on, and think of, think of how that translates to her, you know. She believes that she has this, like, internal darkness inside of her. Only she can see all these, like, really crazy things. Even her own mother, you know, who was probably inflicted with the same with the, with the same uh, disease, the same mental disorder she had. Um, maybe her mother, you know, saw things in this different way. And, you know, only they were able to understand. But you're basically on this hero's quest to kind of reclaim, you know, take vengeance for uh, the death of your your one true love, this one guy who basically takes notice of you and, you know, in the tribe. And uh, he, his name is Dillian. And Dillian, uh, you know, was, it, was her everything. She would watch him from afar, learning his fight moves, you know, learning how to do what she knows how to do. And really her one real true connection in the world in that world that was kind of gone mad and you kind of learn all these other things about her, the relationship between her and her dad how she was kind of locked away from the world she was kind of uh kind of forced to kind of live out most of her you know most of her life as she was growing up and in like seclusion you know she wasn't able to uh interact with anybody nobody really understood her either i mean because i mean who really did understand mental illness back in that day you know, nobody really did. You know, we don't. We're, we're now coming up with different understandings for it now, um, but just think of, you know, for that time period, what are we actually seeing? And of course, this game doesn't have to be extraordinarily historically accurate. It possibly isn't. You know, and there's a lot of different things that take play into, in, into why it couldn't. You know, why some of that stuff probably didn't happen. But, uh, but of course, everything we know is all in Senua's head. And it's the sacrifice that we are witnessing, uh, everything that she's doing to kind of, you know, to kind of take her through that journey. You know, and of course, as you're going through the game's journey, you, you meet this, uh, or you, you hear like these uh, voice callings and almost like these, almost like these recollections of uh, somebody who had once existed, you know, who, who was once a part of the tribe who was shunned and kind of shown different ways and different things. And he could have been possibly been like you. His name was Druth, and Druth actually kind of means like a, I think it was like castaway or something like that. It's like it's actually kind of a negative name, but he kind of takes it on as his persona, and 
Of course, maybe that's what she would think him as, because, you know, she doesn't really have any real deep memories of him, other than the fact that he was, he was the first, you know, who was like her, to be just kind of discarded and, you know, left for nothing. And she kind of, you know, you kind of hear his voice uh, throughout the game as you um, discover these, like, rune, these, like, rune uh, posts, and uh, only she has the ability to kind of pull these open and kind of, you know, relive these memories, and she, she kind of hears his stories, and you kind of, if you, if you, in a poetic and weird and dark way, take everything he says to you to heart, you'll be able to unlock so many things in the game that will make way more sense if you get it. Um, if you try to make sense of it, if you, you can puzzle, I actually solved a few of the different puzzles with different things in mind that he had said throughout the thing, even though some of the stuff he says is like complete nonsense. Um, I kind of use some of my own, uh, you know, just from creative writing and other stuff. I, I mean, the only, I think the only, um, thing I actually suffer from, and this is kind of on a personal level as, uh, you know. I have depression, you know, like clinical depression, which is nothing, you know, <laughs> nothing compared to some of the stuff that's out there. But sometimes my depression is crippling. Sometimes it, it makes it so I can't go outside. Like, I don't want to write. I don't want to play music. I don't even want to play video game. I don't want to do anything, you know, you, you, especially podcasting, you know, that's even harder. It's harder to kind of put myself through that ringer, but I do anyway, you know, and and I feel that, you know, because it takes time to kind of get past those moments, get past those times, and to try to, you know, move on, do something else. And and it's hard, and I understand that. I understand how incredibly hard it is. I also know a lot of people, or I know a few people who suffer from bipolar disorder, and I, I see them go through the same kinds of things. I also work with special needs people, you know, people like young, you know, young adults with autism, uh, with Asperger's, with other you know, with other things that, you know, make them kind of socially awkward, and, you know, and I, I've, I've learned to kind of appreciate this game on that, you know, major level. Actually, in one of my clients, I actually regularly play games with, you know, and he has tons of fun playing uh, that game. Actually, he's currently writing fan fiction for that game, believe it or not, um, like a pre-story to the game, which to me is pretty cool. And I actually have some thoughts about possible follow-ups to this game if they just choose to um, here in a bit. And I also have some notes for those people out there who don't want that to happen. So, uh, anyway, ultimately, uh, she she's trying to find this sword. It's like, you know, this ancient sword that is going to be used to destroy Hela, who... Uh, She's basically the goddess of hell, you know, of Helheim, and uh, she, she's who Senua is posting all the blame for the death of Dillian um, towards, and also, you know, I mean, possibly the death of her own mother, you know, and of course she starts to have, she starts to gain certain kinds of memories and stuff, and of course the game poetically ties up at the very end with this whole sequence of maybe it was her and you hear these voices always tell you weird shit throughout the game too so there was there's a time in the game where 
you start to think maybe she's the one that kills Dillian. Maybe she's the reason why he's dead. You know, and you know, maybe she's the reason why a lot of people are dead. You know, <laughs> like, you know, maybe she's, you know, you never know. You you just don't know, and you're kind of playing devil's advocate in the sense that you're you're her. You're playing her, and you're only really trying to discover her journey. You're not really trying to solve this weird mystery. You're trying. You're just trying to kind of take her through her journey, and hopefully you you make it through. And, my favorite thing about this, and I, I managed to get slightly farther than uh, my client did when we got to the end of the game. So we, we beat the game twice. We beat it on its first setting, and on the PC version, there's a, the difficulty setting is auto. So it automatically changes the difficulty depending on how good or bad you're playing. And we beat the game the second time on hard which is the hardest level uh, that you can post it or put it up to. And I got to say, beating it on hard was so much easier knowing what we had to do the second time around. And now that the game's even, even being played a third time, because um, I, I feel the replay play value is so good in this game because the, the stories that are being told within the game are so compelling. You know, you just you get wrapped into them. And not because I'm trying to find all the runes, because I, have, I haven't unlocked the real ending yet. Maybe that's why I'm doing. It? I don't know. Maybe I don't. Know. I'm not gonna. I'm not really saying. That. Even I've seen the. I've actually seen the full ending before. But, uh, just not me completing and completing it. And I'm not using the internet to solve any of the fucking puzzles either. So eat a dick. Anybody who's like, oh, you haven't found everything yet? Like, Fuck off. You probably looked everything up, queer. <laughs> anyway. um... Not to get all bashy on everybody. So, and we even came up with a, we, we even started spitballing ideas for like a sequel, you know, like, what if they made a, a follow-up to this game, you know, what would that follow-up game be? Now, a lot of people don't think it needs to happen. They want to see Ninja Theory do another game and not a sequel to Hellblade. I want to say this to those people. First off, they're, okay, so they're a game company. Who now has Microsoft money? You don't think they can split their team in half and have one ask or one side of their team work on Hellblade and another team work on a new game? Come on, they made Hellblade in a pretty decent amount of time with a very small crew. Who's to say you know they have Microsoft money now? People, they can sky's the fucking limit. You know, really, really think about that. You know, before uh, and I, I had a pretty cool idea for a sequel. Hopefully, Ninja Theory is uh, listening to this. I did tag you on Twitter, by the way. So, <laughs> um, but I had this really awesome sequel idea for. So, if you if you kind of loosely base it on, you know, if you're loosely basing the storyline on, you know, the extinction of the pits, um, you know, in in Norway, what if? You know, because because the, it was thought that the Picts were destroyed by the Vikings. That what if in this follow-up she's like just kind of wandering around, you know? Because she at the end of the game, you know, she she kind of alludes to this is just the beginning of my journey, you know. And of course, you know that she could have more. There could be more story coming up. Other people may have may see may interpret that different, but the way she she looks at you, you can tell they're going to make another game because you know that group 
knew that this game was going to be a fucking winner from the beginning. This is going to be the franchise game. They're not making Heavenly Sword 2, people. <laughs> they're, they're not making sequels to the other games that did okay. They're, they're going to go out, they're going to, they're going to do a fucking sequel to the game that won them an award. I mean, they put some serious fucking time and serious, serious effort into this game. Why not utilize that talent, that writing staff, that everything that they've done and make a much better game for a later, for a later time. So I thought of a game that was pretty interesting and I'm not taking any of this from any weird fanfic that might be out there already. I'm not taking this from any of the forums or anything like that because I haven't read any of them. I just heard of them because uh, my client researches all that stuff for me and he's just like, yeah, you wouldn't believe what they're saying about this. So we had an idea that was actually really interesting. So, so anyway, is kind of wandering around. She gets picked up by a Viking group and they decide they're going to make her a slave. You know, cause she's young, she's pretty, she's a woman. Um, <laughs> and they're going to make her a slave. And... So they kind of got her doing stuff at first, and she's just kind of rolling with it. And then she has like a snap moment where she starts to see certain things that aren't may or may not be there, and everything else may, may be, you know, kind of coming to a you know coming to a head. And she starts to see the Vikings as being demons, and this is kind of what charges her to you know want to get out, want to escape, and she. She does just that, and as they're trying to basically retrieve her, because, you know, they don't know what she knows, they want to, you know, now they want to kill her. She, the journey you were on is half real and half not, and it's within that that I think the story also can bend itself in a different direction, like, you know, taking different things from Norse mythology and different uh, different gods from you know from them you know from the mythology and doing different things in, within the storyline that all relate to you know what kind of person she is and what she's able to see and what she's able to do you know give her some extra abilities you know change her fighting style just a little bit and I feel that this game could be a great successor to the first game and if they don't make a third-person shooter that's really fucking cool if you don't make a follow-up to Hellblade Ninja Theory make a really cool game that doesn't take that takes place in modern times or maybe even in the future you know Do something different make a sci-fi game make something weird you know I mean we're not gonna judge you we loved what you already have so Anyway, uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, you know, uh, at Rotten Corpse ENT uh, for Twitter and Rotten Corpse Radio um, on Facebook. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast on Anchor.fm, um, as it was said in the uh, front of the show, or, or one of the many affiliates. Uh, Spotify is now an option. We can actually find us on Spotify now. So if you haven't subscribed to our podcast now and you're a user of Spotify, there you go. Um, jump right into it check out some of our archive footage that we have or some of the archive audio we have available currently right now all the interviews that you see on here are soon going to be going away they will be living on our patreon page which will have our complete archive of interviews uh you only have to donate five dollars a month to get access to that uh to that audio so why wait 
become a patron right now over at patreon.com forward slash Radio. And for all things disturbing, disgusting, and otherwise, whether it relates to comic books, video games, novels, movies, TV, RottenCorpseRadio.com. And thank you very much for listening. This has been Rotten Corpse Radio.